0: Thank you for joining us at the OT Corner with Mrs. K. Please note, this podcast does not intend to offer medical advice or therapeutic treatment for any medical condition for either yourself or others. If you have any medical or rehabilitation concerns for yourself or your child, please contact your physician. Now, on with the show. Welcome to the OT Corner with Mrs. K a school-based occupational therapist bringing you a series of interviews and information on childhood development for kids with all different abilities. So get ready, get set, let's go.
1: Hello and welcome back to the OT Corner with Mrs. K. I am starting my second season I can't believe it. Um, the first season went really well, and I've met so many new and interesting people by doing this um, podcast. And not only, you know, looking at occupational therapy, but also uh, meeting people of all different disciplines speech therapists, school psychologists. And most recently, I met a woman named Nicole Lee who started a business called Learnly Tutors down in Austin, Texas. And it's interesting because Nicole reached out to me, gosh, I think before Christmas of this past year, and we just just started talking um, online, and then we called each other and uh, just described what we were doing individually and how we could collaborate on some projects. At any rate, um, Nicole agreed to come on and be interviewed because her business Model is so interesting to me. She ended up starting a tutoring business. Um, ba- basically, f- it came out of the pandemic. Um, she started doing some tutoring online, turned into tutoring in person, and you're going to see how her business has evolved over the past three years. It's really interesting. Now, Nicole has 15 years of professional experience. She's worked with kids of all different ages and all different backgrounds from low-income communities all the way up to affluent communities. She's worked in Missouri, Colorado, and Texas, and she's held many leadership positions. Um, She's worked with language immersion programs Outdoor education, she's worked with gifted and talented children, and as well as special education. Uh, She does hold a certification in special education as an intervention specialist, and she is also a general education teacher. She received her Bachelor of Science in elementary education with a minor in psych and Spanish from the University of Missouri, and she also holds a master's in curriculum instruction and assessment. Nicole is just such an interesting person, and I can't wait for you to meet her. So without further ado, please welcome Nicole Lee to the OT Corner with Mrs. K.
2: Hi, Nicole. Thank you for coming on today to the OT Corner.
0: Thank you. So glad to have
2: you. you. Nicole, you are from Learnly
3: Tutors, and you are located in Austin, Texas, correct? That's correct. So we are in a suburb north of Austin called Leander. So it's our little big town. Excellent. Um, And, you know,
2: I, Nicole, I just went in our intro, I I, um, explained a little bit how we met. Um, Nicole actually had messaged me through Instagram of all things, and we developed this friendship. And I really am excited to have you on today because I think that your service is so unique. And I love your your story, so I think a lot of people will be very interested in um, what you have come up with. Um, so, but first of all, I wanted to ask you. I know you are a teacher by profession, and just wanted to know how you became a teacher and what made you want to become one. Sure. So
3: I appreciate your specialty, and as a special education teacher it takes a team. It takes a big team. So I'm always about collaborating. And that's what drew me to reach out to you because just seeing your online presence and passion. So I wanted to get connected there. So growing up, I was the kiddo that played school and just loved school. And so I had a third grade teacher, especially just amazing, very personable and um, she encouraged us to become who we were, you know, at such a young age. And I had a friend with special needs and I noticed some some friends were not necessarily kind or open-minded. And one story in particular, she asked me to push his chair up to receive his student of the month award during an assembly. And I felt a little scared, but very honored, and that really really changed my mindset into wow, I can really make a difference in other people's lives and so Miss Diesel, wherever you are out there, I think she's Mrs. Jones now, so maybe nearly impossible to find with that last name, but um she's just she was my inspiration really and then when you um how long about what age
2: group do you generally um, specialize in? Is it younger kids or older?
3: So it, as my career, I I really like to explore different age levels. So I've, I have a range of pre-K through sixth grade and then dabbled in high school as well, because I'm an explorer. I really want, I wanted to know what am I best at? Who do I impact the most? And I, not a job hopper, but I really liked to set myself up for being very well-rounded as a teacher.
2: How, do, I'm are can you explain a little bit about what Learnly does? Just a, a short, because I want to um, give my, the listeners an idea of what Learnly is first, and then, you know, we'll go into more specifics later. Um, and then also, I find it so interesting how you came up with this idea. So what is Learnly? Like what, What what was your initial idea with it, and um, how did you come up with it?
3: Thank you. So I feel like learnly is a verb. (laughs) Um, We we are all about action. We are all about growth. We are all about uh, coming up with creative solutions. It's to put it plainly, we tutor. So we help students wherever they are and what goals they have to move forward in their learning. So that covers math, reading, writing, science, all the core subjects, but it's it's grown into so much more than that, which I'm very proud of. So tutoring camps and clubs are our main focus, and we really like to coach parents and make it a family affair so that the whole family is thriving because as we know, if you only have OT or only have speech or only have one thing, it, it, it's just not as impactful as when you are on the whole team and encompassing the whole child. And I remember you saying that Jennifer in our talk about you really like to go into classrooms. And that was another reason I was like, oh, she's awesome. Because um, not everybody's like that. You know, everybody kind of wants their space. They might not feel as vulnerable. Um, nobody's perfect, and we never expect that from anyone, especially children. So I think that collaboration is really where Learnly thrives, and we don't have a proprietary curriculum. We want to help you with where you are and what your goals are, from whether you're four or five years old to 60. Um, the, learning is is universal, so we like to create personal and premium programs that suit your needs.
2: So was this something that you always wanted to do or how did Learnly come about? Like what how, what, what uh, sprouted this in your brain?
3: <laughs> so the pandemic, the first lockdown that we had, I was teaching in a preschool self-contained um, special needs classroom. So that looked like three, four and five-year-olds before kindergarten. So multi-age, multi-learning profile. And then we had a group of students that were neurotypical and they were called the friends, I think. Yeah, friends. So those were uh, a district initiative of teacher kids that got to be experiencing this uh, very inclusive classroom. So as you can imagine, teaching a three, four, five-year-old Um, is hard no matter what but if you are forced to not see them and you only see them on this screen format it's very challenging and then thinking about going back in with a mask and where they are um, social cues are hard to pick up on in the first place and speech language learning really you need to see the face and the mouth and the expressions and the Um, hear well the intonation the reflection um, inflection and so it really was like I I don't know that I can do my best work in this kind of scenario and so I finished out the year um, and that summer I think spent all of June pretty much crying because I knew that I knew what my future was going to hold and it, it wasn't the classroom anymore for at least a year. Uh, my daughter was four years old at the time as well. So having a toddler at home and teaching toddlers online was pretty, pretty challenging. So I guess that started brewing in my head. And we had an interview of, and they asked me, they meaning my administration principal and vice principal, uh, at the, in the springtime, you always kind of have that uh, end of the year review, that kind of thing as a teacher, so they asked me, where do you see yourself in five years, and I just sat there and kind of, you know, and this is all over Zoom, uh, contemplated. I said, I'm sorry I'm taking so long to answer this right now, but I'm really thinking, and I love what you do, and I think you're fantastic administration, but the next step for me is probably no longer in the schools, and they were like, wow, really, you know, very, you know, 13 years of experience, master's degree, like I moved to Texas in 2017, but with instructional coaching and having some leadership role before um, it took them back, you know, because I felt like a lifer, <laughs> like I would always be in the classroom. So it was very different to, to think, oh, maybe my life is a little bit different. So to answer the question about Learnly, it was, well, what can I do? I can tutor. So in the evenings, my husband would take over baby duty, we would call it. And then I would go into my professional world. So I worked with students online and um, it, it just kind of kept growing and growing. And I was seeing the needs across the board. And my expertise is not chemistry, not physics, not calculus. And I didn't like telling those parents, I'm sorry, I don't, I I can't do that. I don't have the expertise there. And I didn't know anyone else who was doing this work outside of the school day because the school day is already very hard. So uh, it led me to, to think uh, business orientation where um, if you think about a hospital, so uh, the neurosurgeon, is not equipped the same as a gastrointestinal surgeon. So they have their specialties. And that's what I I thought for Learnly, what if we have some specialties? And not a school, but supplemental support. And that's really how it came about. So
2: you ended up um, hiring people or reaching
3: out to people? Yes. So the first one, the first round of hiring was through indeed, and scary, super scary. I got a ton of resumes, and I really just started looking for, not just level of experience, because I, I don't I think if you're in the right place, you don't really need a decade of experience to do the right thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: so I tried not to be like, you know ageism. <laughs> and I was looking through all these resumes and I'm just like, "Wow. This is throughout the United States. And so I started interviewing and I fell in love with, uh, her name is Jordan and she teaches out of Maryland. And uh, just really, we had very similar values, goals, ambitions. And she was a first year teacher. But when you have it, you have it. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, you're hired. (laughs) So (laughs) she helped me with the elementary ages. And gave got my feet wet a little bit with uh, what it would be like to be in that management role. Now, Mm -hmm. I will always teach because that's what I love to do. But I was getting so many inquiries that I couldn't handle all of them. So she helped me then prioritize, okay, who am I looking for? What am I looking for? So I'm very grateful to her. And that led me into the upper level grades and subjects that again i not chemistry not physics not calculus the very highly specialized skill and then to be able to teach it not just know it so i'm pretty picky about who i bring on the team it was a
2: challenge i have to say you know even um that you know going back to the age group that you were teaching at the time the the preschool and i i have i i treat in in Ohio you have to have an extra um certification to treat the little ones at the preschool level. So really, you know, in my company I'm the one who primarily there's a couple of us but I in my school district I'm the one who sees the preschoolers most of the time. Um and I remember being online with those kiddos and you know the parents had to be there. It yeah. just it was it's was so funny the different during the pandemic, I always laugh, the different age groups and how they acted on the screen was so, you could tell how old they were by how they acted on the screen. Um, you
3: got from all the- Yeah, like parts. you got
2: the you got the crazy like, three or four-year-old that was like opening, closing their mouth and like mm-hmm. looking at themselves on the camera. The, the elementary kids just kind of sat there and like looked at you. And then the middle schoolers, yeah, they kind of like were engaged, but the high schoolers screen off, no camera on, like, oh, yeah. are you there? Like
3: just the forehead for months.
2: So it was really challenging. And it's interesting that I ended up um, creating this online fine motor class and I taught it on a, a platform called OutSchool. And it just it's just interesting how resourceful, you know, educators got. Mm-hmm. Because they recognized that the kids were not getting everything that they needed. And it's great that, you know, this is where this is how I came up with the OT Corner as well. It's just like it was something that it was not even an enrichment class, it was something that the kids were not even getting and that they needed, you know, to continue their development. So it's interesting that you know, from all of our different points of view and our different disciplines that we've all seen that need. And I've talked to a couple of people, you know, a lot of people, um, school psychologists, um, creating different, you know, seminars for parents. And I love your, your idea with the coaching with parents, because a lot of, you know, during the pandemic, a lot of us had to help the kids, you know, and, you know, my high schooler, that she was a high schooler time. I had no clue, like some of the stuff that she was learning. So, so, um so you evolved over the pandemic and over the past couple of years. Now, I do know you have a
3: brick and mortar building now, right? You're you're brick and mortar. We do. It's very exciting, and uh, one of my neighbors just very, you know, during the pandemic, we our neighbors became our family. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "You're going brick and mortar. You're going brick and mortar." He just like I had that in my head, and then another neighbor, she's like oh, you're, you know, you're only a mother at that age for every day is a new day. And she really encouraged me as well to, to do what I'm doing. So, um, yes, brick and mortar. We just started in three rooms out of a four room learning center with cozy classrooms. And we just started that less than a month ago. Now for people like for people, you know, you're, you're, businesses,
2: I think is, I don't know of any other, I know of tutoring services, but your, your business has encompassed a lot of different areas. And I know you were telling me there's three major areas. You kind of glossed over them at the beginning of the interview, what you're providing and the tutoring is one of them, correct? Yes. Coaching. And that's with
3: parents Parents and students, it coaching is really interesting because I'm a very personalized approach. So it's like, what do you want? What do you need? What are your goals and how can we get there? Um, it the the style of the way I do my work is is like we create it together because I want what you want to get out of it. And I'll help bring resources or bring thoughts to your mind or bring articles or books that we've read, and really make an impact for you. I don't have an ulterior motive. I want you to get what you want. So I have a student that I meet with. We meet 15 minutes online. We come through his classes. We check grades. Uh, Sometimes he has interpersonal struggles we talk about. So that's maybe what a student, one of your students needs, your children needs. And then coaching can look like anything. I do assessments. And then with blended families, sometimes it's hard to get both parents in a room, per se, but we can get on the phone, we can get mm-hmm. on Zoom and not have so much contention. But I can deliver the same message at one time, and both parents are hearing it directly from me. So it really eases the, the pain of communication if you have um, parents separated. And I like the,
2: um, I like, I didn't realize you did coaching with the students. You know, executive functioning skills are really tough sometimes. I think we spend so much time with our special ed kids with executive functioning skills. Sometimes we forget that the neurotypical kids, um, they need it too, you know, and, you know, um, like pre-vocational skills. And we do work on a lot of those planning, those calendar skills, those, you know, planning out what you're going to do, how you're going to attack a, a certain task or um, sequencing
3: a task, breaking it down. Absolutely. And um, even just a little insight into myself as a person, I work backwards. So I think, okay, I have, you know, this awesome podcast with Jennifer. And then what do I need to do before that? What do I need to be thinking of during that? And what am I accomplishing after that? So that it goes along with reading too. We we preview a book, we read the book, we think about it, and then we think afterward and maybe what's next. So those planning skills are good for anyone.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I agree. I agree. Even, you know, even, <laughs>
2: well, even at the preschool level, I mean, um, I see... Um, you know, kids that are on the spectrum definitely like that structure. They like the visuals, the first, yeah. second, third step, you know, in ordering the steps. So even starting at a really young age, those skills are, they're really important. Um, how to motor plan something, how to figure out how you're going to do something instead of just, you know, getting super overwhelmed.
3: Right. Which, it's it's uh, for some students, if you say draw a picture or write a story. That is so hard. Mm -hmm. Um, That is so hard. So there, you can really model, okay, first, I need my supplies. Then I need to think about what I want to create. Next, what am I good at creating? And then it just goes on and on and on. So structuring that and breaking down into manageable chunks. And even for preschoolers, first, I sit down. Mm -hmm. Then... I pick up my crayon or whatever it is. Then I draw a circle, you know, so it's, it's, I don't know. Preschool was, it was my first year teaching preschool during 2019 to 2020. And wow, did it show me a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever sat down? I know you have, but just to the general public, have you ever really sat down and colored with crayons? It's hard work. It's hard work. And so I, I did let a lot of my students use markers, which they're like, ah, oh, they're preschoolers. You let them use markers. Yeah, why not? They're washable. It's fine. And it's yeah. a less they're less friction and they can have more stamina. But yeah, crayons are they're tough.
2: It is tough. And I um I did a, a I did an episode a couple weeks ago on pre-writing because and also I'm starting to go into, I think I'm gonna be doing some stuff on the grasp. Um, and also scissors skills, you know, scissors are really hard for kids. They just are. It's a really hard skill and your hand gets tired. My hand gets tired when I use scissors. I think you're, you hit it, the nail right on the head. When you say you have to model things first and just handing something to a kid at all ages, you know, even. The kids learn through you know you imitating or they imitate what you've oh. done. You know, I was I was laughing because I've been putting these TikToks up. My daughter has gotten me on TikTok. <laughs> how how I hold a pen or how people all oh, different grasps that I've seen and people like like glom onto that. It's like amazing right. because everybody does it right. But you know, one thing that people I did say in the podcast is that kids learn how to hold. A pencil by watching you, so it's really all kind of what they see um, and how they accommodate to to the writing tool. So it's really interesting, all the different comments and. But yeah, learning through imitation is you gotta model it
3: first, and they listen, they watch, they mm-hmm. um, if you ever kind of step back in a classroom and kind of watch the kids. They're always looking at each other. Yes, they are they're always looking at. Oh, what's what are they doing? What are they doing? Um, because you want to be, that's just human nature, right? You don't mm-hmm. want to be the sore thumb, you don't want to stick out. Um, so I get a lot of parents asking me, they never speak up in class, they never ask questions, they don't go to the tutorials that the teachers offer, or there's a big line of tutorials, and it's like that takes a lot of courage to mm-hmm. do all of those things. So um so yeah, I like to help parents understand or help them at least go back to when you were a 15-year-old. Did you want to raise your hand and say, I don't understand this? Probably not.
2: Now the third part is this is what I really am um, interested in. And your um, I mean, I, I'm interested in the whole the whole business, mm-hmm. but your third um tier of your business is the camps and clubs, and you have that split up into like enrichment groups and social clubs. Now, this is where I really, as an OT, um, I love, you know, the Montessori type of schools. I always like that hands-on. Can you um, explain a little bit, I, from a fine motor standpoint, and I think this is really good what you're doing in the, this part of your your business.
3: Thank you. So, camps and clubs have been kind of like the phase three program, right? So, I wanted to get tutoring up and running. I wanted the great teachers, great tutors. I wanted systems in place. And it's rocking and rolling. So I'm like, great, now we can get into more of that whole child aspect of making friends, keeping friends. And we can do that in a really unique way of it might just look like Lego Club or look like a summer camp or look like um drawing an art club or something. But our intention is much deeper than that. It is about letting kiddos express themselves and look up to somebody outside of their family, which they're just used to. That everyone needs a trusted adult in their life. Um, And the younger that we can start that, the more communicative we can be and understanding our safety and awareness of this learnly is a safe place okay we're not counselors although we're bringing on a licensed professional counselor mm. but we we are just we're here for you and so the the lego club i i keep evolving right so it's like what do kids need what do parents want how can we do that so i was volunteering at my daughter's book fair and i saw this great uh, non-fiction book what is lego And so I immediately picked it up and I said, Miss Green, how many copies do you have of this? (laughs) I don't want to totally wipe you out because some of their kids might like this. She said, oh, take them. I can order more. So I grabbed a bunch and we are going to do a book club with Lego. And we also have writing tools like graphic organizers build the Lego first, next, then last. So everything is so like the sequencing, the Uh, we can tie in so many great things to give a really comprehensive approach to learning. And with fine motor aspect that you you were talking about, Lego is perfect for that. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of hand strength and and planning out your tasks. So it goes really well together when someone might just be Lego. They're like, oh, cool. My kid loves Lego. That's great. But I also want folks to know it's like, it's so much more than that. And one of our facilitators is works in the special needs classroom with, in a high school setting. But he's a special needs parent as well. And he, he has a lot of social skills and emotional regulation, uh, things to teach. But I don't call them social skill classes because we never want our kiddos to mask. We're very neurodivergent affirming. And you are who you are. And that's lovely. But can we cuss? Kind of No. (laughs) Can we uh, throw something across the room? No. So it's learning within those social constructs and with friends and getting actual practice in a real life scenario, which is what we do for a living is we teach so that they can apply it to the real world. That's the highest level skill that you can have. So our our camps and our clubs are designed around that concept. And you run those
2: throughout the year or do you just do those in the summertime? So uh, we do throughout the year and summer. And then um, are they large groups or are they just how many kids do you end up usually having in like with those groups?
3: So as a teacher, our small groups would be no more than six.
2: Mm
3: -hmm. So I like to model it from there and even less if possible. Um, It depends on. The space that we have, because I never want kiddos to feel physically confined into a space. Um, So a couple of different parameters come into play there. But our summer camps, there are no more than 12. And that's with one, possibly two teachers. We really want kiddos to feel seen, heard, and valued. And not just corralled into uh, a big, giant, overwhelming, overstimulating camp.
2: When you... (laughs) everything is always evolving for you. I understand that. Did you ever take any business courses or how did you like educate yourself along the way? Basically. So I I laugh
3: because I spent the summer of 2020, um, in my garage (laughs) and I had all these things from years and years of teaching. And I had this four-year-old who was just like ready to learn. So excited by everything. Of course, she's got to play, a lot of play-based learning, but I had a lot of um, like Velcro sticker folders and just different things for her to do. So I had an abundance of materials, but no one to share them with. (laughs) So (laughs) I started Googling everything about a business. What is an LLC? How do I start one? What do I do next? How much does it cost? And I started looking at resources through the IRS and um, really just, making myself knowledgeable about what it takes to even run a business because I knew I didn't want to just accept cash and just like I knew this was needing to be a way for my family to have a future right present currently but also a future and uh, the more and more I got into it I started seeing networking 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 so I was like okay well I'll find a networking group so someone in our neighborhood uh, Facebook group had mentioned one. And I was like, wow, that sounds amazing. So I joined that. And then they asked me to be like the educational moment leader, which Mm. entailed uh, teaching other people about being a business owner. So guess what? I did more research and I was able to prepare every week, um, like five minute presentation. And that really gave me like, what do they say? OTJ on the job training. Yeah. I was supposed to be this person with the expertise and I'm like, Oh dear. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I did a lot of research and a lot of failing forward.
2: I love listening to, I don't know if you know who Guy Raz is. I love listening to his, how I built this podcast. It is mm-hmm. such, I I've learned so much about, how, I like how you said failing forward because you you can't be afraid of falling down because you're going to fall down. You're going to make mistakes. I've already made mistakes doing this. And to tell you the truth, all the upfront stuff that you do, you know, even to start this podcast, mm-hmm. I started working on this back in September. You know what I mean? And I just, I launched it in January. Um, and I think that there's so many great ideas out there. There's so many different tools at your, like you're doing some stuff online and it just expands what you are able to do and what's out there. It's just so interesting to me. I just find it fascinating. Um, I think that, I think that your business model, like is, it's it's something that people can look at and try to do on their own. You know what I mean? It's obviously the need. And I see so many kids, you know, um, I just had a guest on a couple weeks ago, Um, and we were talking about how the standards across the board changed so much during the pandemic because people were s- receiving their education or their related services, such as OTPT, online. And then they maybe have got some went to a hybrid version. And, you know, I, I don't think people really realize how much educators kind of like had to change all the time. Yes. Their ways of, and so now you have a bunch of kids that, um, I think like she was telling me that math scores have, um, decreased for the first time and I can't remember how many years she said for forever they have plummeted this past year. And, you know, kids are really right now, they're like, your business is something that I think you know, people really need. And I ended up creating this, I'm going to be giving a fine motor. I'm calling it the fine motor power hour this summer at our rec Ooh. department. Um, because I've been noticing that these kids need this exposure. They need this enrichment. They need this, they need the support right now because, um, I think they've fallen behind.
3: Yes. Okay. And I, that kind of triggers me <laughs> <Just> <laughs> falling behind, um, I did not get into this to further the scare, the, you know, it's happening like summer slide. Even that like makes me kind of tick a little bit um, because (laughs) (laughs) I just I'm here to help kids and I know they need help. As a special education certified teacher, there are so many kids and parents that need just extra exposure additional time with material, someone in their corner, someone helping them. And mm-hmm. I often got, to be honest, kicked under the table because I was such an advocate. And then the uh, upper people would be like, no, you can't offer that, like, don't do that. And I said, why not? I have time in my schedule, I want to help them. And so mm-hmm. it's you know not to pinpoint any school or district, but it happens and it's it's not right mm-hmm. it's not right so I guess as a business owner, I have a lot of freedom to do what works and that's extremely empowering and special
2: Well, thanks so much for coming on today I just I really am I'm really enjoyed having you on and exploring your business a little bit more and learning even more because we've talked several times. <laughs> before we, we had this interview. So I will um, probably be asking you to come back at some point in the future, because I know that your business is probably going to be evolving. And I would love to kind of go back and forth about how like my, my course, my my little my my course, my, (laughs) they're not in college, Um, my little class or my little uh, camp that I'm giving
3: this summer in person is is how it goes and compare notes. I know you will make such a huge difference for them, not only because of your big heart, but your level of expertise and what you know. And this was something we talked about was we take our knowledge for granted sometimes. Exactly. We're the subject matter experts, right? Yeah. So we we have to remember that not everybody knows what we know and not to sound like arrogant or weird, but it's true. And it's, that's why people flip out over the, what we feel is simple, So if y'all haven't signed up for her Friday freebie, you need to do that. There's so there's such good materials. And especially if you're local, definitely, definitely get involved with what Jennifer's doing. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And same for, for you,
2: your local people. It's so great that you reached out to me and I'm so happy I had you on. Thank you for having me. No problem. Thanks.
1: Well, Nicole certainly is an inspiration um, to me and I hope to you because her business model is so interesting to me and I find it wonderful that she has opened her heart and has shared her talent and she is servicing her community, the kids in her community, the future of her community. And not only is she doing it in her community, but she is reaching out across the country to find resources um, to help this business grow and to help more and more people. I am including uh, links to Learnly Tutor, the website, um, in the show notes. You can read for yourself all the different programs that Nicole has to offer. Again, thank you so much, Nicole. You're awesome.
0: Thank you for listening to the OT Corner with Mrs. K. Feel free to join the OT Corner community by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. If you have a topic you want to hear about or if you would like to come on the show, feel free to contact Jennifer at theotcorner.com. We would love to hear from you. All information from the show is listed in the episode notes. We know you can listen to anyone, so we appreciate you stopping by. Until next time, thanks again.